0: When it comes to EVE Online, every player wants to know the most effective
1: tactic available. You want to know the meta. The meta controls everything. It determines what will and will not happen. Knowing the meta will alter your views, make you question your reality. It might even make you laugh. And now,
0: you're part of it. You're watching The Meta Show.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Meta Show. It is June the 26th, 2021. I am Bruce Grubal. I am joined by the Mitanni as always. Plus, we have some of our favorite people, the victorious Imperium candidates, except I-Beast, on our ballot here for the first time in public since our awesome victory on Monday, June the 21st. Welcome gentlemen, welcome Matani, welcome back from vacation. How are you? Yeah, uh,
2: it's good to be back. I, I got a little bit of uh, housekeeping business, a little bit of uh, internet spaceship, herf if I got to get out of the way. So if you're in the Imperium and received my ping about war news at the start of uh, the meta show, uh, I'm gonna get this out of the way and then we're gonna go for a regularly scheduled broadcast. Uh, I wouldn't normally have to, to do this, but uh, sappy gonna sappy. So let me give everybody a brief story time. Yesterday, uh, we received intel from a number of mercenary organizations uh, that were uh, previously or uh, potentially involved in the war in the past earlier on in the the year. Uh, These are uh, sappy affiliated mercenaries by and large. Uh, and they made a lot of noise all the same time about how they were gonna have an op tomorrow at Sunday at 2300 EVE time, how they were going to come down. And the language was very obvious. It was hilariously amateur hour of, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be an op to save EVE and to save the US time zone, just all this, all this shit. Uh, so as you guys know, if you're around yesterday and if you're not, I'm catching up to speed here. Uh, the moment that the black hand intercepted this, we of course, you know, the counter to a sneak attack is to tell everybody that a sneak attack is coming. Right? You just say, "Hey guys, they're saying Sunday twenty three hundred, so get ready, post up on the walls." Uh, and then after I sent a couple broadcasts, you know, we, we started rallying the troops and getting, making sure, polishing the wood chipper, lubricating the gears, sharpening the spines, making sure that the paint on the outside was nice and crisp. You know, m- get rid of the last blood spots and the sort of gory bits, and you know, just really get it, get it all shiny. Uh, and, uh, today I wake up. And we're, this is before Space Drawers. Like, it's Saturday, right? Like, I got hours of meetings every Saturday, what, right? What time
1: so, did you actually wake up? I, have uh, I,
2: I I woke up 30 minutes before my first meeting. So I got about four and a half hours of sleep last night. Because, uh, you know, I'd been up to 7 in the morning the night before. I went to bed at, like, 6.30 uh, this morning, I guess. So I'm a little ragged today. Got a bit of a beer belly. If you guys want to see the, the show, we were on <laughs> Merkelchin's Chin's uh, Twitch channel. It was a lot of fun. I, I ran my mouth for, like, four and a half hours while drunk and high. Uh, it, was, it was good times. Uh, but where I'm going with this is... I woke up today and found out that because we had told everybody that Pappy was planning a big mercenary reinforced sneak attack for Sunday, that uh, the mercenaries have now canceled it, or at least some of them have. Uh, And so, if you were like canceling your like Sunday night like late night plans uh, and like you really had someplace else to be, I want to let people know that uh, Pappy is passing again. But we're, not, we're still going to post up on the walls. We are still going to form up to guard our vulnerabilities. We're probably going to do that tonight at U.S. Time Zone. I have to tell you this on the Meta Show because the fireside is tomorrow. Now, what's going to be funny here, big picture in terms of uh, sappy passing yet again, uh, is that this was all an elf boy thing, and we have a bunch of funny things to say about Gobbins. We're going to call him some mean names because he doesn't like it, and he thinks that this is an Alliance tournament match. So, we have, we have some, we've got some pre-planned herf to shit on Gobbins here today for the Meta Show. But before we get into the pre-planned shitting on gobbins, I want you guys to know that this motherfucker called a horde town hall. So... Before the mercenaries canceled their shit, Gobbins had announced that there was gonna be a town hall tomorrow, hours before the 2300 mercenaries strike. So now Gobbins is gonna get up in front of the entire galaxy tomorrow. At the same time, I'll be giving my fireside and we need to be on guard. Maybe he's gonna say, hey, we're gonna do this. Maybe he's gonna tell everybody that there's gonna be a massive disappointment. We don't know what he's gonna do, but uh, he had planned a secret attack involving mercenaries. We exposed that plan after he told everybody he was gonna do a, se- a town hall on Sunday. So all eyes on Elf Boy, and uh, we're gonna man the walls no matter what, but I uh, just wanna let people know that if you were expecting a massive mercenary sneak attack, like the mercenaries were saying yesterday, we may be massively disappointed by gobbins (laughs) same shit different weekend guys so just that that, that's it just want to let my guys know from the imperium what to expect uh so you know if you have a a a date night out with your uh wife or girlfriend or you want to do something uh you know that's okay but we will be there manning the walls just 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 be prepared be prepared if you are expecting any great big fights be prepared for a disappointment from them, we will try to entertain our people. But that's it. That's it for me. That's the that's the the pre-show warning. So uh, let's go. Let's where are we going, Bruce? All right, here
1: we go. Where are we going? First of all, just just to repeat what Matani said for a second. For those of you who didn't see it last night, was by far one of the most epic evenings we have had on Rampage Incorporated, which is Rampage Incorporated. Is Merkelchen's stream? He allows me and Namnun to join him almost every night. Namnun's been on vacation. He's here with us now from an undisclosed location south of the Mason-Dixon line. We're happy to have him here. Uh, But we've had guests on all week on Rampage to fill in, in that third seat. And last night was Mittens. And if you guys didn't see it, you really need to go see it. But you also need to recognize that the three of us went really hard in the paint last night. So we're going to do our best to keep this entertaining.
2: I had a great time. uh, I got to run my mouth for four and a half hours. I feel bad for anybody who has to listen to the fucking recording of that shit.
1: Mark, are you feeling okay?
3: I'm doing great. I'll be honest with you. I was playing hurt when the day first got started. By 1.30 p.m. I had used DoorDash three times. Uh, So it was one of those where I needed immediate and constant provisions coming my way. Uh, but I'm doing fine. Look, if there's uh, something I think we've probably proven to each other is that we can usually rally after those big ones. He can. Well, we're professional that. partiers. We know what's up. You know?
2: And I, I, I have I have an order in a day or two of, of whenever Amazon gets it to me. I ordered live at the, the start of the show last night that uh, that party smart stuff or smarty party or whatever. Right? Part. <laughs> so is, it, it's, Mrs. Good. it's said, good.
1: I mean, look here. about. When we started the night, it was a regular old night. It was nice. By the end of the night, Mrs. Brisk had sent Merkel Chen like three orders of smarty parts. (laughs) Matani had eaten an entire plate of Ethiopian food on camera it was really
2: good was i delicious. forgot about that <laughs> it was amazing I, I love ethiopian food i'm sitting there my, my girlfriend goes you know she and one of her girlfriends went downtown and they come back and they, they'd eaten at like one of the one ethiopian places in, in madison and so here i am i had i had only had i was drinking on an empty stomach i had only had just like breakfast and it was a busy day because if you if you watch the stream you'll hear the story about me uh about me and my girlfriend rescuing our angel fish from from almost getting boiled and then in in the middle of this i'm like two hours in i'm just fucking gone and then just suddenly out of the corner of my eye because it's all dark in my room interview with a vampire style at the time because this is night turn the lights off and there's this wonderful plate of fucking ethiopian food the injera is there and i'm you know it was, it was like at Vegas a few years ago at that amazing party where like, you know, everyone is just getting the munchies and the party is hitting the peak and then and the, the in and out Plate's burgers of an out Burger care show. of, like Skeptic Nerd Guy brings, you know, a uh, uh, hundred fucking double doubles into this Vegas party that's just primed for it. And, you know, everybody goes berserk. And that, that was that was me with the Ethiopian food last night. It was, it was great, it was good times.
1: So he eats a whole plate of Ethiopian food. Somebody broke into Merck's house and stole an entire 12-pack of Big Wave from him. How dare they?
3: It, which and- is hard to do, considering how close my beer fridge is to me. And honestly, if anybody's got any leads on what happened to those Big Waves, I'd like them back. I was planning on using some of those tonight. But uh, they left empty cans. Like, what kind of scumbag? Who, Who does
1: are you, that? stickos? Who does that? And most importantly, by the end of the night, Extra Squishy ended up back in Karma Fleet. I don't know how this even happened.
3: <laughs> I don't know either. But... I invited the wrong one like three times. So well, I, I, I finally nice had to pull guys. the right one up
1: and make sure you saw him. I'm like, it's this guy. It's him. It's this one. <laughs> they, Squishy has even more freaking alts than I do of people making jokes with it. So anyway, we got we got Squishy back. We had a good time. Uh, a lot of stuff was eaten. So if you want to go watch the VOD on that, I, su- I suggest go check out Rampage Incorporated. That's our, our evening where we prove that some CSM members actually do play the game every day. All right, that being said, we're going to hit our top story, which is CSM 16 elections were on Monday, and we did pretty good. So if you are a watcher of the show, and I would like to think that all of you that are here are watchers of the show, you know that every year after the CSM election, We usually bring all of the Imperium folks that come out here uh, and that ran and that won onto the show. We have four of the five that were on the Imperium ballot. We have four of the five that were on the um, uh, the initiatives ballot. But we managed to pull off pretty significant victories this year, and I wanted to talk about that because I think it's important. And we also want to make sure that you guys are aware there has been some misinformation out there Posited Elf by boy our,
2: be lying. Elf our, boy's lying again.
1: Our dear That's all friends he knows how the, to
2: do. Eat hot fri- chip, feed it in common lie. <laughs>
1: <Sorry>. Our dear <laughs> friends on the other side seem to think that somehow they managed to pull one off on us. And that they somehow managed to, to do something that the Imperium has never done. Which was get like four people on the CSM which I laugh at, because CSM 13 had like seven Imperium members on it at one point, but that's okay. But here, I, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna put this up on the screen because I wanted you guys to see it, and then we're gonna debunk it a little bit, and then I'm mainly putting this up on the screen because I want to trigger Merck, because he really, this just drives him crazy. So this is what our dear friends, uh, our dear friend Gobbin said about what they managed to pull off. Smug ping our ballot organization. Firstly, thanks so much to everyone who voted. We got even more votes this year than last year, which surprised me. All right, I have to I have to do this real quick. I'm sorry. Do you know how many more votes they got than last year, guys? Anybody? How many guess? more?
2: I don't know. It, it's hard. It's hard to do Elf Boy math because you know it. it it's it's. It's gobbinsing. So tell me, how many, how many, how many did, you know, is is this going to be like a a horde battle report broadcast ping where it turns out that they actually, like, got less votes than last year and everything is wrong? They did
1: get more. They got a whopping 61 more votes this year than they did last year.
2: I I didn't know this because like I knew that we won and then I moved on to you know 69. smoking and drinking and not paying attention to it but I, I didn't realize it was actually that bad like this is one of the things so like, this is just a little word to the wise here they're not going to change their behavior because it's the same way as like when horde broadcasts a battle report where like we then get to send a, the real battle report out showing like where they edited it like you know whatever if you lie stupidly we're going to take screenshots and prove that you lied to your people because you treat them like customers at a fucking McDonald's franchise and you don't actually give a shit about your people because you let anybody into fucking horde. So you think you can just get away with these fucking lies, elf boy, even though you're supposed to be smarter than everybody else because you're a scientist or whatever. And yet your dumb ass doesn't understand that we can check the fucking math and publish it in front of a live audience to show that you're a lying, idiotic, piece of shit if you're gonna try to be deceptive try to be smart about it all right let's go into it let's see how much better they did
1: so so basically so so here's the deal now i have to preface everything we're going to say about these elections because it is very difficult to determine who voted we can only really look at the way the ballots played out and first round votes so when i say that he got 61 more votes than last year i'm looking at the first round ballots from CSM-15, comparing them with the first round ballots to CSM-16. Because typically speaking, your average line member that said, told, hey, you need to vote for our ballot, will put the main guy in the ballot number one. That's it. Gobbins was number one. He had 3,709 votes in CSM-15. He had 3,770 votes on this CSM, on CSM-16. Now, let me ask you this. How many more votes do you think... Our dear friend Merkelchen got over last year. Any guesses?
2: Let's 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 see. Let's see Any the fucking guesses? numbers. You know me, numbers with a Any hangover.
1: Guesses? Here's the number. Our dear friend Merkelchen got two thousand four hundred and one more votes on CSM 16 than he did on CSM 15. CSM 15, first round votes, 5,325 for Merkelchen. CSM 16. 7,726 votes. Let me tell you something else. Do you know who is the single highest vote-getter in the history of the CSM that actually took his seat? (laughs) His name is Merkel Chen, and it was this election.
2: The single highest
1: vote-getter of all time is sitting next to me, but he didn't take a seat because that was wizard <laughs> head time. So the thing is, when it comes down to it, and I'm gonna, we're going to pull this up in a minute, as much as Horde and the rest of Sappy want to claim that they had some kind of amazing uh, turnout or some crazy amount, I mean, they did have more people show up overall. They got more votes overall. But there are three times as many of them as there are of us, so it makes sense. If you look at turnout in terms of who voted their ballots, which we're going to get to in a minute, we did exactly what we wanted to do. We got five of our folks on our ballot elected, including Suetonia. Suit. So, how much did the Imperium ballot help you?
0: Uh, I I think I might have got on without the Imperium and the uh, initiative mm. uh, ballots, but yeah. it would have been very close. Like the Imperium ballot was definitely the kingmaker. I think. Really, you guys.
2: I, okay, cool. I, I didn't think know that. Uh,
0: I thought you. Yeah, awesome yeah if you look at the when brisk gets elected, um, if you scroll down to the very bottom of the audit log thing when brisk gets when brisk gets elected, i think something like 780 votes transfer over to me which is kind of surprising so just just being fourth place on the initiative ballot and ninth on the imperial ballot is still 780 votes oh, which wow. is okay. kind of crazy yeah. that's more than a lot of uh, well, well good then, then that's awesome. more than
1: almost everybody got uh i mean everybody that got elected there's only two people that got not even close to that. Uh, that ended up uh, doing well, so I have to say that was a pretty big deal for us. I think it was very helpful. Ibeast uh, didn't get nearly as many from us as Sutonia did, but Sutonia got I think over over 700 and potentially, you know, that was that could have been the difference down at the end. I think he still would I think he still would have got on anyway. Uh, but the way that this works, and Mark, do you want to talk about how we figure this stuff out? Because uh, you're kind of the expert here.
3: Well. Based on what I was reading in that ping, I feel like maybe I'm not. Maybe we didn't do this right. Um, <laughs> look, we wrote the book on the STV shit before anybody even understood what it was. I know nowadays there's helpful YouTube videos that can explain this to smooth brain people, but we had a pretty cognizant understanding of precisely how this works and how to make it uh, give us an advantage. We have long been able to trade far down ballot positions in the Imperium ballot for high up ballot positions on other people's ballots. A great example of this was the trade that we did with Sort Dragon and Darkness that got us a CSM rep because what, what we usually try to do is survey the field and see who's going to get close, but probably with... Um, and those are the, the, the folks that we're usually interested in working with because something has to happen to those votes. I mean, now that you guys can see it played out, um, you know, when when Aurora or Swift um, gives you sort of the round by round breakdown, you know, 200 going this way, 500 going that way it makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, there is equal importance to. I mean, not only you obviously wanna hit your uh, electability number, right? That's critically important, but in the early rounds, survival is paramount. You have to just outlast everybody else if you think that there are votes where you are on a ballot that have not yet matriculated their way down to you. So this year, we we considered to be a resounding success. We thought we were going to get three. We got three. We thought they were going to get four. They got four. The difference between our three and their four is I had already had three or four cocktails and been out celebrating by the time Billy, Mr. Eighth Place, got notification that he was going to be on. And we had been streaming probably already for an hour before PGL sort of snuck in by the skin of his teeth. He did not even hit the, uh, the election cutoff number. He was just the... Uh, last man standing so sloppy ninth sloppy. Tenths. I do, I don't know that I would call that like some cerebral play. They have an ability to divide up the ballot. I mean obviously we we have intercepts of all the different ballots and all the different groups in Pappy they can carve that up a lot easier than we can without causing confusion in their ranks. If we did something like that, like give, you know, maybe Karma fleet has three different ballots in three different orders or something like that. It gets very confusing. It gets hard to communicate. It's difficult to execute on. We are really, really comfortable with the strategy that we've used the last few years. We've seated more CSM reps than any other alliance or coalition has even gotten remotely close to. So I really don't need anybody to tell us how, STV works or whether or not we're doing it wrong. I mean,
2: you know, let me let me just sort of sum all this this shit up here is because you're going to hear about this a lot about how Elf Boy is a liar uh, and he's bad at it. Right. And and what it comes down to is, uh, you know, we usually get three people on right from like the main like Goonstorm part of the Imperium, like we usually get our top three. Uh, In this case, it was great that we were able to help Setonia get on like that's fantastic. Uh, I don't know a damn thing about any of the stuff that Satonia knows, but I know he knows it, right. So he's actually like good at the stuff that he does. Uh, And I think that we need people like that on the CSM. What's different is, is that this, you know, they just they doth protest too much. Right. Like instead of just going like, okay, we got some of the sappy representatives on and we just squeaked by. And if you listen to Billy's town hall before there, he thought Billy didn't think he was going to get on. But fraternity fraternity's votes managed to get Billy on eighth place. And then Piggles and the other person managed to get swept on dead last. Uh, the reality is, is that the reason why Elfboy is bragging about, you know, his big win and trying to show, uh, lying statistics, which would not pass peer review, uh, this dumb motherfucker thinks that we're not going to call him on it. Right. I mean, it's just, he's lying about it and he's trying to claim that there's a win to cover up for the fact that they actually did not organize their ballots appropriately. Uh, worse and than
1: that. yeah, worse like they, than they, that. they fucked it up. Go worse, for it. Worse than that. Their turnout numbers were just in the toilet, and we're going to get to that the in a second. The Brave
2: shit was wild,
1: yeah. Exactly. But I, want, I wanted to throw it. Want, want, I want to get Nom on in here because he hasn't had a chance to talk yet. And frankly, one of the things I am proudest of is the fact that Nom skated in on the first round this time. Didn't have to worry about anything. We didn't have to cut any deals. We got him in. And, Nominate, you are going into your sixth term on the CSM. You are now tied with steve renukin for being the longest tenured csm representatives how does that feel
4: um i'm not happy that the uh that ccp decided to put in rules that are going to stop me from breaking his record
1: well uh, we gotta, you got to take a year break and then we got to yeah. get you back on there, right
4: yeah and like Gavin does have a point. You know, if you really are trying to optimize how many people you get onto the CSM, you want to have as many people as you can, just barely getting on. But you know that can get you four or five people, or if you uh, miscalculate, you get zero people. So it's not something to be proud of, and it's not something. It's not a good strategy.
1: Exactly. And and to, to, to Nam-Nam's point, and guys, yes, we are aware he is traveling. Cut him a little bit of slack on the microphone. We worked on it ahead of time.
4: I apologize for the terrible mic.
1: It's fine. I'm just happy you're here because I didn't think you were going to make it, and I, I like it when you come. Um, that's what she said. Anyway, <laughs> I want to make sure that we get we, we got everybody on here that we could, but I want to pull these numbers up because this is pretty, pretty, pretty funny. Anybody on the other side that wants to claim – that they had some super big win, that they did so great, and everything like that. All right, let me just show you what we did compared to what you guys did. So, the CSM election voter turnout and ballot discipline, and you're, some of this stuff's gonna be covered over because you know, obviously I put the guys in front. Let me actually fix that so you guys can actually see the uh, things, and you're not gonna get to see our lovely faces for a minute. Here it is. Sappy. Fraternities ballot, they had the best ballot turnout. But they had the best ballot discipline. And the way that we looked at this was we pulled up. We have Sutonia who did a great job putting together each of the different ballots and determining who voted for what and where they all were. So we're looking at the numbers that voted the party line ballot as was told to the, their people. Fraternity had 10.1% turnout ballot discipline on there. NCPL had 8.6%. Now, they had two different ballots, but the one that Lady Scarlet confirmed was the official one had 519 people voted out of their 6,011 characters total. Horde's turnout. The one Gobbins was so excited. Our gr- we did so great. We did so much better than we ever did before. 8%. Okay. Test ballot turnout, 4.7%. Byer, who ProGod was able to get, I think one of the reasons why ProGod was able to do as well as he did was he had a lot of the down, smaller, much smaller group and groups in Pappy putting him first. That's what gave him enough votes to stick around long enough to, to get on. They had 1.3% turnout. Brave, the second largest legacy alliance, 14,000 characters in Brave, had 137 people vote the main ballot that they put out. Point. Nine percent, okay. That's what they did. Now, how do you think we did? Let's see. All right, here you go. Let's
2: see. Let's let's. let's uh, you you brought receipts today. Imperium I love ballot this. ballot
1: turnout: nineteen point two percent, almost one fifth of the Imperium. Fuck yeah. Showed up. That's how it's voted fucking the done, line.
2: boys. That's some space Chad voting right there. You guys think that you're going to be able to take 1DQ1 when Brave can barely even vote more people than they put in a fucking fleet? And you see this when your numbers are dropping and you're crying about how it's CCP's fault because it's a PCU crisis because you realize that you listened to Elfboy and you're massively disappointed and you were so massively disappointed you didn't fucking vote. So this is what you fucking get. Now you get to claim, oh, I swear we got a few more votes than last time. We're going to win this. We're so good. We're so good. We beat the Imperium, guys. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so eat shit, bitches. That's what you get
4: right there. That's a that's fucking a, block vote. That the, is a fucking block is, vote. It, it is. I I think this also shows a little bit more that, you know, block votes are people who care more. It's not that the blocks are evil. It's that the people who are part of these blocks care more about the game. They care more about being involved in the game. And so you. that's why you don't, you don't see the non-block groups getting votes anywhere because they don't have enough players who actually care. Mm -hmm.
1: And that's exactly, that's that's the thing. When it comes down to it, if we were dying, if the war was, we were losing the war, if our morale was in the shitter, the idea that we could get 20% of the Imperium to show up, and the funny thing is, if you look at these numbers, that 6,496 are only the folks that voted the Imperium ballot.
2: Mm-hmm. We know That, that doesn't count people, people going on Squad I mean, snowflake ballots or the other snowflake Ballots like correct. we got a lot of votes that is just The pure state that Mandated is, ticket that those is it. People
1: who, uh, who exercise Their freedom to vote the way the state tells Them precisely that is exactly heroes
2: all got. Heroes all
1: in terms of overall Numbers we got way more than that This is a second the, the other thing That I think is important and I want to shout out to my Initiative brothers In it Almost never Almost never has a coordinated ballot. Pando and I have put out ballots of, hey, if you guys want to vote, it, it, we're going to make this suggestion. Dark shines this year for the first time said this is important. We need to make sure that this happens and turned out our folks. And even then, first time in a group that is as freedom-loving and independent-minded as in it. And any of you guys in the Imperium, you know that that's true. We are we are the the finger that likes to stick out from the glove. Let me tell you, usually it's the middle finger, 12.9% turnout. That, that to me is beautiful. That is higher than anybody else on the other side. And in terms of raw votes, in terms of raw votes, we had almost, I think it was right around a 100 vote difference between the number of folks that voted the test ballot and the number of folks that voted the initiative ballot, despite the fact that test has way the hell. We have 4,840 characters in, in the initiative. Test has 16,940 characters in test. Almost three to f- four times, four times minimum, the number that we have. And we, made, and, and we were able to do that. And we're a dead alliance, according to the bad guys.
2: Oh of course a dead alliance who's going to be leaving the imperium at any moment of course because Great. as we all know the moment that elf boy and crew turned up at delve we we're going to lose 30% of our numbers and we we're going to run to Saarinen, and uh, I, I don't even fucking know like yeah. it, it's just a joke at this point it's hard for me to even like get super herfity blurf about because just just fucking look at them like even while we're sitting here on the show and we'll shit on this we'll about this later but they fed a fucking like they did some dumbass fipple edencom fleet and just ate all kinds of shit to us just like 10 fucking minutes ago so, you know, whatever. So, Eat my ass, bitches. But remember, Matani, you and I seats.
1: are bad for EVE Online. Just keep that i totally bad.
2: On. Totally bad for EVE Online. Why don't you fucking do something about it, bitches? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. You've been trying They've for been more trying than a year, and you can't seem to do a fucking thing.
1: They've been trying to do that. So last, last but not least, Deal let me with just it. show up. Here, here is the final CSM numbers. Merkel, Chen, Gobbins, Anominate, myself, Ken Feld, IBS. So I'm looking forward to working with Lucy Lou. It's going to be great. Sotonia, Vili, Progot, and Mike Azariah. Seven of the ten are returning CSM members. Sutonia is a former CSM member that has gotten on. ProGod is a former CSM member that has gotten on. Lusito is the only new person that's never been on the CSM that is on this one. And just in case you guys were wondering, they did show this on the screen. Gobbins hmm. Corporation Pandemic Horde Alliance Goons Federation. Let me be clear. Gobbins is not a goon. Yeah. Okay. In case you were wondering. He's not a coon. No. All right. No. So that is, that is our discussion of the CSM uh, elections. I think when it comes down to it, you guys made this happen. It was you guys showing up. And I'm talking to the imperial members in the chat. I know there are some pappy folks in here. You guys showed up in numbers we have not seen in a very, very long time. You made it possible for Merck and myself and the nominate to get on very early so that we didn't have to sit there sweating it out like I have to the last two times that I ran. I'll tell you, like, the CSM 15, I came in on the second-to-last round, and I'm in it and I both did. And the first time I ran, they put me, literally, I was the last one that got on, and it, I, was, it, I was freaking out. So thank you guys for that. You have demonstrated yet again the discipline and the willingness to show up and do what you're asked that nobody else in the game does, and that's why we're as good at getting folks elected as we are. Damn straight. All right. So... We're going to move on here right now to the next segment of the show. We're going to start talking a little bit about the war and how things are going. And then if we have a little bit of time, I want to talk to Sutonio specifically about some changes that are going on uh, on that, are, that came out on CC. And we can talk to the other CSM members as well about that. We're going to move on to our next segment, which is why Gobbins deserves most of the blame
3: for the way the war <laughs> is going. Right now.
2: Yes. Elf
1: boys turning the fucking barrel. Now, we have, I have some quotes for you guys, and I want to remind everybody, here we go. It's time. Today is June the 26th. April 24th, two months ago and two days, was the day of the first of the, it's the end of the war phase, town halls from our dear friends in Sappy. And this was... The first one that Gobbins had done in a quite a while that we got a hold of and we were listening to and we thought was very interesting. And it, many of our fav- favorite quotes of all time came up here. I'm going to play a couple of these for you. It's been two months. It's been two months. When they, Two months ago this is what Gobbins said were the objectives of this war.
5: The goal as you can see is uh, made of two distinct objectives. First to clear the systems, the systems in the constellation around 1DQ and then there's the assault on 1DQ itself.
1: That's it. Clearing the constellations around 1DQ then the assault on 1DQ itself. What progress has been made in those two months? Anyone? Anyone? Merkel, do you
2: want to step up to the plate here on this? Or uh... Uh, I
3: was going to say I gained eleven pounds from drinking too much beer because I wasn't doing anything. Uh, is there a real answer to this? <laughs> I, I
2: I I read a lot of books about like you know <laughs> space aliens, and I, I I got I got to go on like two vacations actually. I got two trips down to Galena, Illinois to to, to blow off some sleep. I I, I smoked a lot. Uh, I rested. I slept for eleven hours the other day. That was. I want to go uh, to Galeen,
1: Illinois. That's that's always oh, Grant's fun. hometown. Hell
2: yeah, hell yeah! Hell
1: um, yeah! So, oh, but like War Progress, that right. that Elf Boy. Oh, um, the answer the the answer is zero. They've not made any progress. Okay?
4: They've had some Skybreakers and some Stormbringers. They definitely got a lot of their own people to stop logging in.
1: That is that's that significant awesome. progress. Let me tell you. And I think I mean when it comes down to it. What they said, and I didn't clip this because it was too long, but what they said they intended to do was to continue the constant harassment that they had been doing throughout the rest of the war, sending out fleets, hitting, hitting hubs, hitting different structures, doing this, doing that, breaking in, getting it on, and doing all the stuff that they had done before, because that's how it worked, because all they had to do was win one. We couldn't keep defending it over and over and over and over again. Hmm. And then guess what happened? We kept defending over and over and over and over again. And I think it's funny because they keep asking, they keep talking, and a lot of the questions in that town hall in, in late June, in late, late April, I should say, April. Yeah. Were, were all about, well, what is, when, how do we know the war is over? When do we know the war is over? Here's what he said, like, how do we know we've won? This is what Gobbin says is the answer to how they will know that they won. Uh,
5: Salem is asking, what do we consider won? Uh, that's a good question. I should have specified again right at the start. Uh, the same. the The answer is the same objective that we claimed earlier, uh, which is uh, burning one DQ. And if you want more details, I would say that burning one DQ entails, as uh, like in the ideal scenario, killing the the central staging keepstar of the goons. Uh, otherwise, taking down those uh, those four that we hold a grudge on. That would be a nice. Uh, Sort of mid-step, if we were to somehow get as far as say getting into one DQ, but we just can't crack that less keep star, that would be nice too. But essentially, our goal remains one uh, DQ.
1: Their goal remains one um, DQ. And today, two months before that statement, two months after that statement, they are no farther along taking one DQ than they were two months ago. I. What do you guys know what this what do they have? What are the what's the grudge against the faction Fortisars? Did 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 sort take them from them or something? I don't
2: Basically, it's just an excuse that uh, Goblins has to wave around. Right. Like, you know, in the the treaty, you know, he was decided that, that was his sub goal. Like, I think that he started talking about the 40 faction Fortizars when he realized that they weren't actually going to be able to take one queue or win the war so suddenly that was like his consolation prize or like maybe I would signal that I had acknowledged the loss or something or other which I will never ever do because we're winning sorry bitch eat my ass. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that was just the, the faction for desires became like a, a you know, a, an excuse for why uh, they were going to, you know, take a, a lesser prize because they, you know, they, they just can't do it. And I want, I want to clarify for everybody here. There is a reason why Brisk has receipts today. I understand that what we're doing here to Elfboy looks like it's cruel and unusual. It is cruel, but there's a good reason for it because there's a difference between the way that Gobbins behaves and the way that your guys like Vili or Purgot or these other guys do. You've got people who are seeking the spotlight. and the thing about Gobbins is is that he is the number one strategic power amongst sappy, right? He brings the most dudes to the field. He is in charge of pandemic horde. That means he has a tremendous amount of leadership responsibility. But because he is a spotlight dodger, what we essentially have to do because all the pro gods and all the villies and all the headliners are, hey, guys, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm space important. Pay attention to me. And they want the attention. We believe, and this is why Brisk has receipts, that the blame for losing the war goes on Gobbins, but in order to actually get that, we have to go into his nerd cave and sort of say, hey, hey, look, look at this fucking nerd and look what he has done and look what he has said and look what he has been responsible for. And so that's why we're doing this. We are building a case because Gobbins is not going to come seek the spotlight because he's especially not going to seek the spotlight because the responsibility for the failure in large part as the big number one strategic autocrat on their side. He can be the shot caller. He can pull the rope and stop the factory floor. So that is why we are doing this it is cruel but it is important so let's uh
4: let's let's keep exposing the truth now, now, not not all of the not all the war criminals do it uh in the spotlight <laughs> exactly well
1: and that, and exactly. i think that's the point and I, and i think when we were talking about this before you know the the thing that that i think everybody needs to understand is yes villain pro god have gotten more than their fair share of attention from us we've given them a hard time we've criticized their judgment we've criticized the things that they've done but They're not the enablers here. This war would not and could not have happened if Pandemic Horde hadn't said, yes, we are going to go with you. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at every fleet, if you look at all the numbers, Horde is the backbone. Horde is the horse that is carrying the rest of these horses, something else's, out there. They've been carrying these guys for the last time. Honestly, I feel bad for Gobbins. He's got to have a real solid pain in his back right now from carrying these guys for the last year because he has but I think the point is he has been carrying them and if you're concerned and you're worried about why the war is taking so long why it's 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 never going to end or at least they think it's never going to end it's because they have set goals and gobbins has set goals that are unachievable but they refuse to accept that and they won't back down because they're going to take 1dq they at least they that's what they claim they're going to do now The most important quote of all time from this town hall is the one I'm going to play now. This is the most famous one, and I'm going to play that. Then I have a question for Suttoni, and then I have a question for Nam, and then we're going to go off and and continue this line of of discussion. But this is what he said that really got us torqued the first time, and I'm going to play it again in full because I think it's important.
5: If somebody is expecting that this is going to be a quick and uh – Uh, high sort of activity, large numbers, fight. I believe you'll be uh, disappointed in your expectation.
1: If you think it's going to be a big fight, you're going to be disappointed in your expectations. This is their active strategy. Bore us to death until we stop logging in and then maybe they'll log in. But in the meantime, the entire game is starting to shit the bed because nothing is happening and two-thirds of the map won't fight each other because they're in the middle of this war. So, so Tony, what do, you, what do you think about the way the war is going now and, how, and the impact it's having on the game overall?
0: It's definitely making the, the rest of the game a lot more stagnant, right? There's uh, a lot less content around for people to, uh, to get, especially for uh, solo and small gang PvPers like me, um, the groups that I'm part of. Because there's there's way less people crabbing in their backfields, and the people who are, they don't fight to defend because all of the PvPers are in delve. So there's there's a whole whole lot less to do uh, in the game.
1: And I think that's that's the the feeling that, that Mark and Nam and I have had because we've been going around doing filaments and, and, and roaming on uh, Rampage almost every night. And you're if you can if you can get up if you can get up into like RC space. Or somewhere where there's active people still there they'll get a fight but if you go anywhere where the big guys are out you're not going to see anybody you're not going to see anybody in space and you're not going to get any fights nominate what's your take on this whole thing i mean do you do you think we can, can is it is it fair for us to lay this at Gobbins feet or are we being jer- jerks
4: oh absolutely the i mean this war was kicked off by billy and piggles as the extermination of goons and everybody who is fighting with them is fighting for that same goal, even if that's not their personal motivation. So you've got a lot of people on Pappy who have disagreed with that you say, well, I'm just fighting the goons for fun. Well, no, you're supporting the people who are trying to exterminate goon swarm. So regardless of whether or not that's why you're actually there, you're still supporting the extermination. And now obviously we're at the point where that's just a big joke. But like that was, that is what you're backing. You can't back you can't back the people who are saying we're exterminating Guten Swarm and then say, well, I, I'm not supporting it. Yeah. Um, I the I'm not going to make the World War II analogy, but it makes itself. Yep. And yeah, and the uh, as far as the PCU numbers, like it, it's not two thirds of the galaxy are blued up anymore. It's the entire galaxy except for one constellation Mm -hmm. is blued up Mm -hmm. so there is nowhere for any of those people to go to find content except to jump into the wood chipper and you can only jump into the wood chipper so many times before it gets kind of boring. Well, we're having fun anyway. I oh mean, yeah, it, 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 wood rules. the, is great. I love the <laughs>
2: fucking wood chipper. We just had some fun with wood chipper during the middle of the show and we're getting reports of it. It seems like we polished the spikes on it pretty well. But, but yeah, you
4: but you have this 150,000 people now where their options are they can rat, but CCP killed ratting. They can mine, but CCP killed mining they can jump into 1DQ and get wood chippered, and there's nowhere else that they can go because they're all blue to each other. Like, how much of that is contributing to people logging off and not coming back?
1: So, Tonya, you're joining the CSM again as all of this is happening. What's, I mean, how does that feel? What, <laughs> are, you, are you concerned about how uh, we're all going to work together with all this stuff going on? What's your take on that?
0: I I don't know uh, what to make of it really. So uh I mean it it'll, at least it'll be challenging and fun, right?
1: And what do you say to the to the conspiracy theorists in chat who point out that no one has ever seen you and Ed Sheeran in the same place at the same time? Is that is that a fair criticism?
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I don't look like Ed Sheeran at all, isn't he? <laughs> doesn't he have uh, red hair?
1: I don't know. well it's dark. You never know. It's 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 hard to see. So all right. Um couple other things and then we'll move on uh, should i, should I get... touch on this pcu
2: thing like i don't know if you've got well, yeah, that, I, that, that that's where i like, kind of
1: wanted to go uh okay. next up here but go ahead both
2: i, I mean so like here's the thing we, we were cats out of the bag because we are I, I already riffed on this last night during the Rampage Inc stream uh but you know All of a sudden, in the last couple weeks, oh my God, there was a pop up. Like, you know, I get it. CCP's marketing sucks and they do things that piss people off periodically. But all of a sudden, the motherfuckers that actually built the goddamn blue donut, like better than Serenity, they blew everyone and they brought the entire galaxy of conflict down to two systems one of which we're having fun in and they're having trouble getting into, and the other that they are having less and less fun, more and more people logging off. And they have the entire fucking galaxy, and they're all blue with each other, so they can crab as much as they want, wherever they want, in the entire fucking galaxy. And lo and behold, this last week, when you can see the air going out of the tires, right, you can see, like, oh, here's a skybreaker, Doctor, and here's a... They're looking for the grassman at straws, looking for excuses, because nobody wants to be the adult and say sorry, you failed. You lost the war. It's time to, to face facts here. So what's happening? Their diehards leapt on the scarcity thing, which they haven't been talking about for the last couple of years at all. Like the, the sappy line members are going, CCP's fault. CCP's fault. Shoot the monument. Scarcity bad. Scarcity bad. Motherfuckers, you have all of Eve except for one constellation, and you're still blue to each other, and you're such a bunch of pathetic sacks of shit that it is going to be written down in the history books about this war literally there's going to be a hardcover fucking history book about what little bitches you were that you whined about scarcity when you blew the entire galaxy and conquered everything but one constellation but now that you can't get it up on a friday night you can't get it up on a friday night gobbins and so gosh it's the PCU, it's CCP, it's scarcity. I am a sappy member and I love the blue donut and I can crab anywhere I want in the entire galaxy, but I'm suddenly very concerned about an ad that came up at the wrong place in the wrong time. I'm glad that you're writing your fucking excuses so you can slink back to whatever holes you crawled out from. You hypocritical pubby fucks.
1: And our, so shit. just And just to... to, to, to... Matani's point, and I I think this is interesting, uh, this is a bit of a longer quote, so bear with me, but I was very surprised last week before the CSM election, Gobbins had another town hall where he was talking to his people about the CSM, why it's important to vote for them, and he essentially tried to take credit for scarcity. I'm not lying. Gobbins uh, has put... got player, scar- player scarcity. Gobbins,
2: absolutely. I give Gobbins credit for player scarcity. High fives. You Let did me... it, Elf boy Player scarcity. you done this it. This is a
1: little bit of a long quote, but I'm going <laughs> to play it for you guys. Listen to this, and you tell me if I'm reading it wrong,
5: OK? What the CSM has achieved. In order to answer this question, the most important thing is to look at what the state of the game was like before uh, we started getting our own guys into the CSM. What it was like before and they got how many their many things were changed since then. And so if you take a snapshot of EVE two years ago, you still had, number one, these, the meta completely dominated by these giant Super Cup umbrellas, where anybody that wanted to catch up or be part of the, like a serious player, had to rely on a massive umbrella and then massive uh, mining operations, basically, and, and ratting too, where in a small amount of space under the umbrella, you could generate basically an infinite amount of anomalies, whether it's for mining or for ratting, protected under perfect coverage of the umbrella. Because that was so horrible that, for you guys Cetodos playing. these were also much harder to kill. Uh, that, if you remember back then, there was no low power state, so you could spam that, these and not even fuel them, no abandoned state. The defender could choose even the day of the, the citadel would come out, so you could set up your citadels to all come out on a certain day of the week, and not have to worry as much about defending your shit on the rest of the days of the week. There was a lot of really cancerous mechanic that people easily forget have, uh, had to be fought and essentially uh, gotten rid of from the game in order to allow the situation today. Now. Wait a second, is the he Netflix. claiming credit
2: for scarcity? Is well, keep, keep he actually saying that he did scarcity? The
5: scarcity, yeah. the fact that scarcity has Listen. on, uh, first of all, just the uh, fun of making money or making less than before, sometimes for the same activity, but also on content, because when there's less people out there making isk, it's also harder to find content. And these are excellent critiques of uh, the, the state of scarcity. But to me it 's important whenever you frame such a uh, critique that you remember that the reason we we but CCP had to implement we. such drastic measures with regards to the economy is that the situation was so uh, in such an um, unmanageable state like runaway number of uh, just amount of minerals money and super caps uh, put into the economy that they had to do something very drastic and we're dealing with it now and i guess my bottom line is We that again another we most of the problems that caused this uh, runaway economy began before we got into the csm and i'm not saying that we were the only ones who helped fix this but at least we were part of the effort through the other the other colleagues in the csm and ccp to bring the game back to the state to a state closer to sustainability and what it is today
4: okay so that's yeah, I wanna, that's there's some serious bullshit there right like for, first of all when you the, um, the, when he says umbrella what he means is the umbrella in delve because do care perfect, about the umbrella
1: anywhere else right the umbrella so is still it, did, did gobbins,
2: the did gobbins push scarcity are we like i want to understand this because that was a long clip and before we get into the line by line is the net takeaway of that, that Gobbins was saying he was claiming credit for scarcity and that he tried to inflict scarcity on all of EVE Online, thus creating the PCU crisis these guys are blaming on scarcity because what he wanted I, to nerf our super crap supercrap. What I will
1: say is what, the way that this quote reads to me, the way it sounded to me when I listened to it, and I listened to it like three times, he is saying that it was the Imperium CSMs that were the reason why Rook walls became a huge thing, and Nom Nom's gonna go crazy. And and the umbrellas and all that kind of stuff happened. And then when he, when when he got on, when hordes guys got on, that's when CCP started doing things to pull back. And you should be thanking him because that's why the game is in the state it is today.
2: All right, I, I want to get um nom- sorry, nominate. I interrupted you because my simple midden brain couldn't exactly grok everything yeah. that that. So I want to hand that back to you. Take it away, please.
4: Well, I mean, when they I was sitting in the room when they first announced the work will changes. And the first thing I said is, if you guys do this, Delve is going to be wall to wall work walls. And I mean,
1: and we were right. And it was. And it's not like we we didn't ask for this. We didn't say I mean, and this is the biggest criticism that I have about the quote beyond the fact that, you know, I don't I don't think anybody in their right mind wants to take credit for the game being the way it is right now because scarcity is not popular at all. I don't know anybody except for one random nub on on Reddit who said I think scarcity is okay. Everybody else fucking hates it. They're tired of it. It's been 17 18 months since it started. They want it to be over. There's nothing to do. Nobody can make any money. It costs a tri- billions of this to build ships that won't sell for nearly as much as it costs to make them, everybody's mad. And that is what's feeding into the PCU numbers right now. That's what's feeding into the dislike and and, and the triggers every time a bad ad comes out. It's what's causing all kinds of problems. If you want to take credit for that, you go right ahead. I'll take credit for fixing stuff that players care about, like the red dot. You want to take credit for scarcity that everybody hates? You go right ahead, because it wasn't the right thing to do. And they could have done other things that wouldn't have had the same impact on the player base that it has had and at the end of the day if you want to pin this on us and try to claim that the only reason that this is even getting worked on is because you guys are on the csm and before it was worse that's that's so insulting i really can't believe that you'd even say it publicly
4: well it's not like this was something that we only we had the option to do we were just the first ones to figure out that this was a good idea. We were, Delve was wall to wall work walls while the North was still kicking people out of their Alliance. If they got their work walls caught, you know, I we, mean, Mark, we, were, we figured this out. We were making I mean, money you. and they were not. Mark, how, does they it even
1: feel, how does it feel Mark to have him take credit for the Citadel changes too?
3: Yeah. I, you know, this is the thing there's often like uh, people will mistakenly conflate that because maybe your group participated in something that it that's, well, they're obviously, they were supportive of the Rorkel. They use Rorkels. I, I would turn that around and say that I don't think you're looking at it the right way. Just you play the game you've got, right? So because a guy lives in low sec, that must mean he's perfectly happy with faction warfare and thinks low sec is just lovely, right? No, not at all. There, that player doesn't exist. So um, we kind of played the game we had. If you were to look in the CSM minutes, there, there is a specific quote in there that I've seen before where one of um, the Imperium CSM reps, I don't even remember who it was said it ha- the oracles have to stop now, or you will never get the genie back in the bottle. And I wish we would have thought twice about saying that, because they were like, "Hold my beer, let's try to shove the fucking genie back in the bottle," <laughs> and that's what we're all living through right now in Eve. You know, so I-, I I've made my thoughts on this matter very clear. I think scarcity is something that you have in real life, not a fun video game. You know, so it's it's sort of just one of those unnecessary things that I don't know why we couldn't just keep raising the ceiling rather than doing this weird austerity bullshit. Like,
2: Mudflation (laughs) works historically for all these other fucking MMORPGs. Like, you just make more, put more sand in the sandbox. You know, uh, Faction Titans are a good example I think of something that doesn't really bend the meta, right? We're not like, oh my god, three people out of this blob of thousand Titans have Molochs, right? But it's the having that Moloch is a big carrot for those three or four guys, right? It gives them like a super expensive you don't just have a Lamborghini, you have a Bugatti or something. And, you know, I, I don't want to have a, a world where there's a thousand Molochs, right? But if the point that we get to a point where there's a thousand Molochs, it's probably 20, you know, 10 years down the line or whatever. But at least mudflation gets people logging on, especially like, you know, the thing about the pandemic that is so shitty is like we get out of the people say like, oh, we're people are getting on the pandemic and they're going and and, uh, playing outside and doing things, uh, you really, if going through, like, we all just went through a lot of real-life scarcity. Like it or not, there was a scarcity of opportunity, there was a scarcity of life and, and just fun, and it sucked a lot. And one of the things that I think that you see in video games where uh, people escape to something that is different, and it's like you know when you have enough stuff. Games like Daisy and and Rust and a lot of the survivaly simulators, like, hey, I only have you know a couple of twigs to rub together, like that. You know, that's interesting. But when you've come out of a period of scarcity, I don't want to go visit scarcity in my free time. I think we've all had enough of that. So I, I think it's just it's a super super bad combo. Yep. Uh, yeah.
1: So Tony, what's been well, the impact of scarcity on the small, on the smaller, mid-sized groups like you guys? I mean, as as I'm assuming it's as unpopular with you guys as it is with us, but I don't want to put words in your mouth.
0: It, it doesn't really affect us too much because we weren't really using rockles to begin with, and at least in like alliances like Volta, we don't really mind. Uh, we don't do too much. I mean, there's like a few guys who do it, but generally, we we're just. Buying ore from the from Jitter and just reprocessing it in our area and then just building ships that way. We're not really mining any resources ourselves. How do you guys make money?
1: Uh,
0: for the most part, mostly just crabbing or doing doing other stuff uh, like PvP. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, okay. almost all of uh, Volta's like income comes from rent renters that we have in uh, Declan right? Rather than us like taxing or making money from the lands that way,
1: and that's an important point that I want to point out was, I think, the current scarcity model has has put a higher premium on renting than it has in, far in the past, and I was talking yeah. to Ka- I was literally talking to Kayla about this like right now, renting is back as being the op money making thing because it's one of the only gen- ways to really generate ISK. and and really all the renting is is just. It's just extortion writ large. You know, you're just saying, "Hey,
2: landlords, we need more of that yeah. in 2021." Let's play a video game where the optimal path is to be a fucking space landlord. Fuck right. that. Exactly. And that, it's, just it's, imagine it's like, paying rent to fucking elf boy?
1: It's worse. It's worse than the landlord thing. It's it's you're it's it's you're being like you know, like the bootlegger guy back in the 20s. You're going into the bar and saying you're going to buy my beer, or your bar is going to blow up. You know, and it's that's that's the thing, like. The only reason the people pay rent is the threat that you're going to come and take their stuff and blow their things up. That's it. So yep. is that really what we want? Is that what we want to be the main method for people to make a lot of ISK uh, passively in 2021? I don't think it is.
4: Yeah, renting is just bad for the game. It puts the players who have to do it into a bad position. It it provides an extremely easy way for um bots to establish themselves in the game and continue to operate and i mean even when Goonswarm ran when we were doing rental because we had to because it was such a big source of income i think most of swarm is sort of opposed to it like it just becomes infested with bots and there's if you have rental rentals it's largely botting there's no way around that it's terrible for the game it's terrible for the players it's not fun and yeah and the one of the big problems with titans is that every there's there's people who are still hanging on to the 2006 notion that the titan should be this thing that only one person has and if you have it you're super special and that makes you better than everyone else and you get to have super weapons that nobody else does and no mmo has ever done that successfully it just it does not work if you have it and it is worth getting people will get it then more people will get it and eventually everybody will have it and that is what you need to design around you can't try and design something to be rare and unusual it's that's not how games work that's not how players play games
1: and the worst part is and the other thing that I get frustrated with and I want to ask uh, uh, Tony about this as well is if this is his experience the, nerf, the constant nerfing of mining, the constant nerfing of anomaly ratting, has forced players that want to make IS to go to different areas of the game. So, what are the areas that tend to be on the way up in terms of making money? If you look at the MER, blue loot from wormholes is a, is a huge thing now, abyssals, huge thing now. What do those two things have in common? They are in specified, specific areas of space that are very difficult for the average player to get to and they're super safe from that for in, for that person doing them from getting killed in, a, in, in PvP. Is that your, I mean, so Tony, is that a fair statement that I'm making there, I mean, in your experience?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, especially with other changes, which I, I think are healthy for the game, like the DBS and the ESS. A lot of people uh, from are uh, you know, just getting hit with sticks and sticks over and over again. And a lot of people are just deciding, you know, I can make as much money running burn emissions in high sec than I can using an ishtar in an anomaly. So why should I use an ishtar? Or, you know, I can run, make the same risk running, you know, T4, tier four filaments in jitter with my Gila, then I can I can make the same money as I can, you know, using that in an anomaly in delve. So why should I use my Gila in delve when my Gila can get blown up? Whereas in the T4, unless I, you know, fuck up the PVE part, which is pretty difficult to do, or I get ganked coming out. Uh, I'm at like almost no risk.
1: And listen, I know you guys hate it when I say that, that wormhole routing is safe. I'm not saying that it's safe. I'm saying that it's safer than being in a super running anomalies in Delve right now. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And when I have people that I trust say, telling me, oh, by the way, hey, this morning I cleared a C3 of 10 sites and I made 500 million S doing it. That tells me that, that that's, the, that's, that's the way that people are going to make money. And if it's not something that's putting ships in space that are easy to get, that you can that a, a group can go and interdict or fight or that you can cause and pick fights with, then it's 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 not that it's not the best kind of, of income generation. The best income generation should be the kind that is risky enough that if Merc and Nom and I are in a bunch of stabbers and we're running around, we have a chance of catching you and shooting at you. Even if we can't kill you, if you're in space in a system that we can get to without having to go through a whole bunch of scanning and all, all kinds of other stuff. That, that, that's the best, I think, in my opinion, the best way to generate income, the best way to generate mining wealth, because that's the kind that gets people in space. That's the kind that gets people fighting. That's the kind that uh, raises the PCU and, and gives us the ability to do what we want to do in terms of putting people in seats and getting folks out and, and generating content and small gang and big gang and, and whaling. All of that stuff is gone now because of all of the scarcity changes that apparently – Robbins thinks they're just fine and great and, hamp- and dandy and wants to take credit for Which I, frankly, like I said, if he wants to take credit for that, that's fine. I want to have nothing to do with it because I stand, I'm still opposed to it. They should have done something different. They should have done what we suggested that they do, which is the, mud, the mudflation. Give us new stuff to buy, give us new things to build. That's the best way to get rid of wealth in this game, not creating some system where we change everything and then make everything half, the, half of what it was and cost twice as much. That's what's frustrating to me. All right. We're a little bit over time, but I, did, I do have one last thing. I want to talk to Let's Satonia specifically because we, mm-hmm. we had a number of major changes that came on CC this week that I want to talk to him about because these are pretty big. We had CCP Paradox put up a post saying that we're getting some significant changes to, first of all, T3C skill loss on death is going away. I think that's a good thing. They're adding a covert sino beacon deployable. They're adding a booster that will allow you to extend the duration of your cloak uh, your cloak hardener uh, that, that I think everybody was concerned about with these mobile observatories. And they reduce the scan res, res penalty on fleet interceptors, which I think w- is going to be helpful. And then they're going to make balance adjustments to the pacifier and the enforcer. We don't know what those are yet. I have asked Rise specifically for another high slot for the pacifier so it can fit its three guns plus a cloak and a, and a, and a scanner. But I don't know what we're gonna i haven't seen what we're gonna do yet so Tonya, talk to us a little bit about these changes what do you think about them what do you like what, what don't you like what do you think needs work?
0: oh the t3c skill loss uh, thing is pretty interesting right we'll probably see a ton more of them now because that was a big reason why people didn't want to fly them is you lose the sp when you die and it, when we have now that we have skill injectors that penalty doesn't really make too much sense because it was mostly just an isk penalty if you die in one you just buy a skill injector and then you replace the the sp that you lost so it just meant that losing a tengu or proteus or whatever just cost you an extra 600 million or whatever the going price of a skill injector is
1: what do you think about these new sino observatory or uh the uh, the covert sino beacons do you think those are going to be used
0: uh, maybe it's pretty interesting. Uh, one of the things that's pretty cool about it is it doesn't need a uh, covert ops level five to put down. Like the regular covert, the regular uh, covert ops Sino takes. Uh, you need Sino five, which is uh, like a month long train, and not a lot of people have it. Whereas the deployable doesn't require that, so it'd be a lot easier for some guy to just drop one in a fort with a different character. I think it makes it easier for smaller groups to go out hunting too. If you only have uh, two characters, for example, you have your Hunter and you have your Black Ops, you could uh, put one down with your Black Ops before you jump to your Hunter, and then you can use that to jump back. So you don't need to have like a third character uh, that's like stuck in your staging for for you to be able to jump back to. You don't have to burn your Hunter back to bring your Black Ops back. So it's pretty nice for that reason too. Uh, It just frees up a character for some groups. So it seems pretty cool.
1: And what do you think about the um... What, what do you think they should be adding or changing with the pacifier and the enforcer to make those more useful? I know the enforcer, frankly, for the cost, is more is pretty much hanger candy at this point. Is there anything they can do to make that more viable?
0: It, it's only really used as like a bling signer right? Bling hunter cyano because it has the the web and the scram bonus. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if they if they boosted the speed on it a little bit. I think it only it goes like slower than a battle cruiser. It goes like one thousand three hundred fifty meters per second or something. I think the Falcon is the slowest recon, and that's just under 1.6. So if they buffed it up to like 1.5k, that'd be pretty cool. And more damage is always cool. Like they gave the Marshal more damage. So if they just gave the Enforcer uh, and the Pacifier a little more damage, I think uh, I think most people would be happy with it. All
1: right. Now, Mark, do you have anything to say about any of those changes? Anything you guys are interested in?
0: I, I was happy they kind of peeled
3: away a little bit of the harshness related to interceptors. Um, I don't know if they're in a perfect place just yet uh, related to how they, how they are right now. Maybe another tap or two will get them sort of dialed in so that it's a, it continues to be a useful ship platform without being like the only ship people use for that exact job. Uh, I know in our sort of just anecdotal um us roaming around we certainly do not see every ship is not a malediction anymore <laughs> so maybe that's good maybe that's bad people feel differently about that but uh, i i'd like to maybe see if you could do a little bit more with those just to get them combat capable all right
1: and so, yeah. all right, go ahead and i'm sorry
4: i'm i'm glad they finally got rid of the skill loss on the t3s like it didn't make a whole lot of sense when they were first added, except that they were such powerful ships, and they haven't been that same level of power for a long time. Nothing else. There's nothing else you lose skill points for. It, it's just one of those things that it's a vestige of an earlier time, and it doesn't make any sense anymore. It's time to remove it.
1: And hopefully, we'll get attributes fixed next because that's another vestige of an earlier time that has no no, no value anymore. So. So, is there anything else specific specifically that you're looking forward to on the csm anything you're you're planning on working on uh that you want to talk about
0: oh i i guess it's just uh, small gang things like you know make it so you can't take answer blackses when you're tackled that would be interesting more uh more kills for people other uh, than that just uh, small gang balance issues for the most part
1: all right all right well gentlemen you are looking at four of your CSM representatives for the next year, four of the five that were on the Imperium ballot. We managed to pull it off. Uh, we have gone 12 minutes over. You guys got an extra 12 minutes of the Meta Show. In fact, you got an extra four hours of the Meta Show if you want to watch <laughs> last night's Rampage stream. So I hope that that makes up for us taking last week off for Father's Day. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun today. I always love it when, when we have uh, and Nam on, and I definitely love when we have Satoni on because I love to hear his perspective uh, over here. Uh, last words from everybody, Mark.
3: Um, you know, this will be an interesting year for the CSM. I hope we can get back to Reykjavik again because it just feels a lot more effective if we can get up there. It seems like the world's starting to reopen. I'm concerned about the PCU thing. That that should be the subject of every conversation happening in that building right now, um, if it's not already. I don't think that necessarily this is a ultimate sky is falling fail cascade, but I think when you add in the COVID reopening and the fact that people have lots of time off, some extra cash tucked away in the bank account, all of these things sort of unite together and create a circumstance where, um, boy, it just feels like there's not a whole lot going on right now. So we need to get after that right away. No no
4: Uh, i'm sorry i missed the question
1: any, any last words? thoughts
4: ah um no i don't think so i think i've ranted myself out
1: satonia
0: uh no i'm I'm good thanks
1: for having me on you're welcome and finally the savior of angelfish everywhere the matani
2: <laughs> or fish he's still alive he's good he seems like he's fine Thank Goodness yeah uh yeah just no not fucking believing boys we've got to post up on the walls we'll see you tomorrow and see you tonight you know war war stops uh, war doesn't stop regardless of what we want so uh, keep on fighting and i'll see you there
1: my last statement is guys look i know it's tough out there i know folks are mad i know people are upset with the company and everything like that but you guys don't play this game because of ccp you play this game because you like to play with your friends and if you're not having fun feel free to take a break come back when you're ready but we're looking forward to you joining us tonight, tomorrow, and for the rest of, of your time in Eve. And we hope that you guys enjoyed the show today. Please keep logging in, keep playing, keep believing. There's no not believing is happening in this place, let me tell you. No hubris either. This has been the Meta Show for June the 26th, 2021. I'm Briscoe Ball. I'm joined by the Mitanni. We have Merkelchen Chen, Nam Nam Sutonia here for your viewing pleasure. Thanks for everybody being here. You stay classy, Nui.